yes. Um, if you want to give everybody, a, our listeners, a background of who you are and what you do, go right ahead. Yeah, um, my name is Gerald Walker. I am a um, musician, a music artist. I uh, own a full-time fragrance and design studio, and um, I split my time between New York and New Jersey. So that's about it, though. Nice. So um, a lot of our topics on Raising Awareness with Students podcast focuses on things like diabetes and mental health. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that we kind of connected on that aspect of like mental health um, because we both are into like stoicism and Seneca and Marcus are I, I can't remember how to pronounce his last name, but yeah, we're both into stoics. And yeah, so. Yeah. I think that that's something that contributes greatly to mental health, um, especially within the black community, because it's a way to handle adversity without showing, you know, any damaging emotions. I think we all have those days where we feel our emotions, but we we channel them properly. And that's something that I noticed um, we both are passionate about. So what uh, brought about your interest into like, Stoicism and mental health related uh, uh, philosophies. Um, I grew up a Christian, and I, I mean, I still am today. Um, and I think a lot of Stoicism, the philosophy, overlaps with Christianity for the most part. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> so I mean, okay, so I've already, I've always loved philosophy, but. Um, what I like about Stoicism and, and a lot of the Hellenistic ones like Epicureanism as well is that they kind of eschew the more deep philosophical metaphysics, meta-ethical questions like maybe someone like Aristotle would have gone mm-hmm. to. And, um, it's all about practicality. So um, uh, it's all about like what can I do? What can What tools can you give me to help me navigate my life? And I think people like um, the ancient Stoics, and even people like I listen to a lady named Joyce Meyer a lot, just because I she's love very her. simple. Yeah, you know, and, and I'm not surprised if you like the Stoics, you'll like Joyce because yeah. um, it's just really practical and um, like you're saying, like you were just saying, you know, controlling your emotions and mm-hmm. um, living in harmony with nature. So, yeah. So another thing I noticed, we both are into like nature, which has mm-hmm. done a lot of healing and. Um, you know, it has benefited me greatly during my most trying times. But what are some things that you practice on a daily basis that contribute to your um, mental health as far as, you know, like meditating or, you know, obviously praying? I, I, I always try to explain to people that for me, my my spirituality and my religion is a form of meditation. So I think that if people looked at it that way, they wouldn't consider like um, denominations as much as they do. But um, I do I do both pray and meditate. So, what would you say your daily practices are? Um, yeah. So, um, again, same way. I wake up, um, say a quick prayer. I wait. I'll go work out. Um, on my way to the gym, I might listen to an audio book, or I might listen to a lecture, or you know, someone like Joyce Meyer. And mm-hmm. uh, at night, I like to hop on the Calm app or the Breathe. I've been heavy in it. Breathe um oh, at yeah. now. and um I do like a mindfulness med- med- meditation or um just really um taking time to unplug I think a lot of times when you're an entrepreneur especially full time 
you don't really have a demarcation line. So the business can really bleed over into those times of, you know, just having that unplugging, like mm -hmm. unplugging and just spending a lot of personal time, of leisure time. And I think um, Epicurus does a great job of like, you know, um, admonishing people to just do everything with moderation and, right. you know, take time and just live. That's good. So something that I've noticed within my community, especially, you know, within a black community is I think a lot of our issues or issues have been like self-inflicted and social media kind of makes that much worse. Um, mm -hmm. I notice like a lot of people, like even my childhood still reach out to me to this day, like when they're going through something and I'm just trying to, you know, guide them through whatever they're dealing with. But then I realized like, okay, you have to, at some point, you know, take accountability and you know really grab your life by the horns and be in control of what's going on around you because um they they will reach out for that help but they won't be consistent with the information that's being given and mm -hmm. I think that people start to think that there's some outside force that's making them this way and it's like no you have control of what's going on around you so my question is what do you feel like specifically in a black community is something that we should practice more or something we should do more to um, combat this whole mental health issue thing, especially now with it being such a uh, taboo and, you know, people just throw out, Oh, go to therapy. And it's like, that's not, you know, that's not my thing to say. People weaponize that statement a lot. So what would you say um, is something that the black, black community could do to um, curb this, this stigma? Yeah, um, huh, that's, I think due to historical racism and oppression, Black people tend to have a more, um, how can I say it, more of a community accountability one toward another, in mm -hmm. a way. So, for instance, you can... Some Black person doing it, and it's just like... You know, a room full of black people can see a stranger on the news doing something egregious uh -huh. or something crazy. And, and the knee-jerk reaction would be like, damn, brother, or damn, this sister, this, or damn, like, he making us look, you know what I'm saying? And uh -huh. contrast, and this is, a, you know, a blanket statement, an oversimplification, uh -huh. but, you know, white people, you know, they might see a guy go in and shoot up a school and just, you know, very quickly on the news say, hey, this guy didn't take his meds. Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So they kind of know how to detach themselves from air quote uh -huh. bad apples and I don't think we do that and uh -huh. I think a lot of times we take on responsibilities for others that maybe God hasn't access to or maybe we just right. shouldn't uh -huh. and um, I think that people should be more uh, in uh -huh. taking their mental health serious and uh -huh. uh, maybe talking to someone um, and you know, I would say that maybe just have a have an open mind. Yeah, um, that's all I can say. I mean, that's a that's a big question to unpack. I don't know if that could be yeah. like an hour or so, but I mean, that's yeah. my cheap psychoanalysis for the moment. Yeah. One thing that I noticed though is like the herd mentality and the groupthink is mm -hmm. really damaging our community, especially with like the way people operate, the way like even so little as language and slang, like a group, a friend group will come up with a word and then everybody else is saying it. It's like those type of things really influence people. So mm. when those issues arise that people de are dealing with on their own, they can depend on their friend group because it's like, oh, let's make 
our healing journey into a group thing now and everybody does it and it's like that's it doesn't really solve anything because everybody's dealing with different issues no matter you know if y'all feel like they're the same or if they're completely different so like I think people have this um fear of being alone or fear of solitude which Mm -hmm. it kind of is personally for me solitude is like the catalyst for self-improvement so a lot of people are not courageous enough to take that time out and just be by themselves and actually work on themselves i'm saying people who just are always alone all the time and they automatically just improve like being alone is the reason why you have more time to actually work on yourself and i think that um you know, with those two meshed together, being alone and self-improvement, you can really overcome a lot of your personal issues. It's just your outlook on it and taking accountability and being in control and realizing you're in control of your life. So that would be like something I think the Black community could really utilize and understand. But I know like <clears throat> I'm I'm not from New York, so I can't say how the environment is there, but I'm from Detroit. So I had to leave mm-hmm. Detroit in order to like really get in my solitude and I think that that's a downfall of like you know issues in the black community because like you know gentrification it is when it's gentrified everything's like everything's looking nice and peaceful but those neighborhoods where you have to always deal with things that give you PTSD it's harder for you to overcome those issues so it's more so like a you know we can't really pinpoint it but the environment your environment has an effect on your mental health as well. So, no, absolutely, and it's sort of like, um, um, it's sort of like that chart that they teach you about, like Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Mm-hmm. So, like when you have someone, um, I, I, I'm not really too familiar with your background, but I just use mine. So, you know, I'm fatherless. I mean, I'm not mm-hmm. fatherless. I'm ch- I'm childless. I'm single. Mm-hmm. Um, um, you know, a good middle class background. Um, so. I am a young man, objectively speaking, that has achieved a sense of self-actualization, right? Mm-hmm. So because I'm at the top of the chart, I can wake up and, you know, listen to Musinius Rufus and Seneca and, you know, mm-hmm. listen to these guys and I can, you know, listen to a Joyce Meyer um, right. interview or I can have this interview with you at, you know, 1230 mm-hmm. on a Thursday, right? right? And um, But when you look down and you go lower, um to the like when you go to the base level of the chart mm-hmm. like, um, you know a single mom who you know might not have the same opportunities that right. I have may not yeah. be able to do those things and might not be able to um you know just uh go on ballotpedia and see yeah. you know what's going on in a um you know city council or even make an informed decision on the presidential election, let alone right. local politics. You know right. what I mean? So um, that's just how I look at it practically. But then if I, I, I would guess that like that would be like a sociological way of answering that question. Mm-hmm. But if I take that off and then get more philosophical and more spiritual, right. I would just say that I think some of us do have a lot of grace and a lot of mercy. Yeah, and, that's um, true like special anointings and assignments on them that are able to do certain things. And I think it's mm-hmm. very important for us not to um, get too down on people and, and yeah. get too, like obviously coax them and cattle prod yeah, them yeah, and not yeah. be too overly critical because some critical, people are yeah. really doing the best that they can. And, you know what yeah. I mean? So, 
Well, yeah, I I agree. And I think sometimes I can be overly critical just because I'm very hard on myself. My mom always says that. And, you know, I'm not super privileged, but I'm not I'm also not going to say that I'm less fortunate either. So um, I can be very critical of myself. And I think that's just that's a reflection when I am critical. I think it's just a reflection of on myself. And I think sometimes people can misinterpret that for arrogance or um elitism for whatever reason but you know I understand that people's perceptions only stem from themselves which is you know when people think you know you're overly critical and I'm just like oh it's because I'm very hard on myself it's not because I'm looking down on anyone but I think that you know some situations we are in control of and some we are not it's just really hard to pinpoint I'm a problem solver myself so it's it's always I'm always looking to pinpoint where the issue is so that we could fix it. And mental health in the black community is one of those things where it's like, you can't necessarily pinpoint because you know, society is messed up, but so is the family structure in the community. So it's like, where do we start? Where can we pinpoint this? And that's kind of frustrating that I've been the frustration that I've been um, dealing with trying to like figure out. So. Yeah. I think, I think stoicism going back to your original point has helped me tremendously in that point because mm-hmm. I was on a flight going to um, New York. I stopped in Savannah, Georgia, and um, I had this guy, older white guy, that was extremely rude to me, mm-hmm. and um, I, w- I, be- I was tapped into Seneca's um, letter on anger called De Ida, mm-hmm. and um, you know, I kept my cool, but what happened was... Um, Oh, saw me keep my cool when this guy was being kind of rude and she kind of came to my um she came to my effort like she came Mm -hmm. to my she she came to my aid and was just like yo if anything happens to these two gentlemen I just want to let you know it's this white guy not this young black guy blah 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 blah. Mm -hmm. so when I was processing it and unpacking it on a mental and an emotional level um I was like hey you know what um this guy is racist right Mm -hmm. this this and I think Stoics, they do a good job of being like, oh, man, like, you don't know if he's racist. Like, right. you just know that he's rude. So don't get creative. Yeah. yeah. But also, even if he is racist, I think it's like, for me, it works because it's like, okay, it's not really in my power to mm-hmm. change the conditions. Right. right. But it is in my power to just kind of, like they say, live according to nature. So I know there mm-hmm. will be inclusive people out there. There will be racist people out there so it's just for Mm -hmm. me to realize that I've encountered rude you know people and I will encounter kind ones and it's not really up to me um to necessarily pick and choose at what time and date I deal with them now that works for me personally and I do see how that can be limiting Mm -hmm. because if everyone had that same friend of mine as me we probably wouldn't have had you know Civil Rights, Voting Rights Act. Exactly. You know, 67, 69. So you do need people out there. Mm-hmm. That's true. You know, challenge that status quo. So, I mean, if that's who you are, you are critical like that. Definitely continue, you know, to do it. And as, um, like Marcus Aurelius says, you know, stay at your post as if um, God has put you there himself. You know what I'm saying? Right. So. Yeah, it, it, it has worked for me. It works for some people and I realize some it, it doesn't work for others. And, you know, I can control how people, pers- you know, receive 
that information, but I can't control my reactions and I can control, you know, the things that I do and say. And sometimes just learning that it's okay to say nothing and focus on myself. And I think that, um, you know, there's a quote from Stoicism that I, I think I read and it said, um, yesterday I wanted to be clever, so I tried to change the world. And today... I'm wise so I'm changing myself or something like that and I realized like you know I feel better when I'm not trying to force other people to do great things I feel better when um I'm working on myself and then I'm influencing I'm inadvertently inadvertently influencing the people around me to do great things as well so people are not myself included I'm not very receptive when someone is is critical of me straightforward but I'm very receptive when I'm being influenced um to to be better and I think that we all are a lot of us are like that being yourself is a great way you know to influence people to be better versus saying hey you need to be better and I think that that's is actually kind of funny because the same but I think it's just the the outlook and the way people perceive and receive information just based on what they're dealing with at the moment in any way so um I really like that quote but yeah no that's a powerful um, quote yeah did you have any questions regarding raws or anything else that you would like to add um no not at the moment um i definitely love what you're doing um definitely will continue to support any way i can in the future and um yeah if anyone's listening definitely go to ayostudios.com it's my fragrance and design line um we're pretty we're pretty big on um, simplicity philosophy and just balance and um, these type of conversations we're always having and seeing how we can just live within this ecosystem that we've been put, you know what I mean? Yeah, I agree. Um, so I just want to tell you, thank you so much for taking the time to join this podcast. I think this is a, a great conversation for people to listen to and benefit from if they take the time out of their day. I'm going to plug your information in our um, podcast uh, details. I will talk to you later and I hope you have a good day. Hi, you as well. Thank you. No problem. Bye-bye.